Amen. One more time. Happy New Year. And we have failed to, at this point in our service, say a special greeting. Where are the kids in this room right now? If you're a kid, scream. Oh. Okay, don't do that anymore today, okay? You're done. Henry Russell, that's it, okay? I love this morning, and I love mornings like this because it's our all-church worship. And it's different than our normal weeks at Lake Avenue because there's a lot of empty rooms throughout our campus and one really full room here. And it's so good to be together. Now, we're going to start off this time together by showing a picture. And if you have no idea who's in this picture, you need to find a child, and the child will tell you who this is. Can we throw the picture up? All right. Who knows who this is? Scream. Fear. Yes, there's a movie, a Pixar movie called Inside Out, and this is fear. And in this movie, we meet all these different emotions that are going inside the mind of Riley, and fear is one of my favorite, and one of the best scenes in Inside Out is right before Riley, the main character of the story, is going to a new school, the first day at a new school, and fear rushes into the scene carrying a big stack of manila folders and says, I've thought of everything that could go wrong today. <laughs> and starts going through some of the scenarios that could be really hard for Riley. Just for a moment, you don't need to get up. I want you to turn to somebody next to you and answer the question I asked our staff this week, whoever was actually in the office this week. <laughs> what do you fear? What makes you fearful? Can you take a minute and just share with somebody next to you? Ready, go. Maybe you fear answering this question. All right, switch. You guys are such well-trained church people. You all stop talking at the exact same time. <laughs> Guess we're done with that moment. Okay. Uh, I'm sure that your answers were as similar as the staff this week. I sent an email to the staff with a simple question. What do you fear? What makes you fearful? And I am telling you, that might be the trick email to send to get a response from people that you never get a response from. Because I got flooded within 10 minutes of sending that email, and people were so honest. They were so vulnerable. Things like, I fear taking care of my aging parents. I fear about the spiritual health of my children and my grandchildren. I fear how we are going to pay the bills next week. I fear what we will eat next week in my home. I fear what might happen to my family. I fear for my safety. I fear if God has forgotten about me. I fear every time I drop my child off at school or sports that something might happen to them. Also things like I fear not having a significant life. I fear not mattering to the world. I fear not being good enough. Right? Many of these answers came with uh, more context. 
And we've heard about it already over and over this morning that in the context of coming out of 2016, for many of us, 2016 was a tough year. Lots of emotions, lots of unexpected things that happened in our own lives, in our families, in our world, in our nation. And in the context of 2016, the fear of what could happen and the fear that we're saddled with day in and day out even takes on greater significance. And according to the brief look of social media this morning on all of my feeds, there's a lot of celebrating that 2016 is over. In many ways, 2016, for so many of us, not all of us, was tougher than normal. It was tougher than normal. Now, tougher than normal is very similar to what is happening in the scripture we will read today. In a moment, we will stand. Tougher than normal is what's going on with Israel during the time that the words in Isaiah would take great meaning for them. Tougher than normal because Israel was at a time, in a time of exile, was in a time where the people were under foreign occupation, where the people who would hear these words and these words would take meaning in their lives, a time of great fear, a time of great weariness, a time of sadness, a time of being overwhelmed. And in the midst of that, in the midst of their fear, in the midst of being overtaken by foreign occupiers, in the midst of being in exile, God gives them words of comfort because God always gives words of comfort to his people. And so will you please stand for the reading of these words as we reads, read God's words of comfort this morning. We'll be in Isaiah chapter 40, starting in verse 28, when the prophet says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired and weary and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And then in Isaiah 41.10, as Pastor Greg has already read, so do not fear. For I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This is the word of God. You may have a seat. Now we're going to go into some depth, uh, some quick depth into some of these words. But if I was to summarize what, what we just read together... And if I was to summarize what we're going to talk about for the next 15 minutes or so, it would be two words, sometimes and always. Can you say sometimes? sometimes. And always. always. You did better on always. That's good. <laughs> what, what do I mean by that? I think what we have just read and what we will learn this morning is that we have a God who is about always. And we are a people about sometimes. That we have a God who can be defined by the word always. 
always present, always here, always available. And we as his people, as mortals, as human beings, we have to admit that we are sometimes people. That there are sometimes where we kind of get it. There's sometimes when life and, and our understanding of God and how we're to live is really clicking, but it's only sometimes, and that God is the only one of always. And so the first thing we want to look at this morning is we have to understand, one, that the Lord is always, always at work. Listen to the words again. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. From 41, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. An everlasting God. A God who controls the ends of the earth. A God who never grows tired. A God who never grows weary. A God who has all understanding is an always God. And sometimes we have to acknowledge that our ability to understand and to comprehend a God who is always is really hard for us because we're people of sometimes. And the truth is that we can't even control our own minds, we can't even control our own bodies fully, let alone we have a God who controls the whole earth. The chasm between who God is and who we are is, is huge. Because we are the people who grow tired in this life. Amen? We are the people who grow weary in this life. But not God. We have a God who always is awake. We have a God who is always attending. We have a God who is always at work. Have you ever noticed in your own life or maybe people that you're living the Christian life with that when we are tired, then when we are weary, somehow we ascribe that to God and think that when we are tired, he must be tired and that when we are weary, somehow that he has left the scene. Friends, in Isaiah, the whole nation of Israel is in exile and the Lord gives them words of comfort that says, even in your most weary state, even in your most fearful state, even in your most tired state, I do not grow tired. I do not grow weary. The more we as human beings work, the more tired we become. The more God works, he never tires. So when you are tired, when you are weary, when you are full of fear, know that the Lord is not. So in 2017, no matter what comes, and it will come, remember Israel. Remember the words of Isaiah 40, that even in the worst of times, even in the weariest of times, even in the scariest of times, that we have a God who is always, always at work. Next thing we can learn this morning, not only is the Lord always at work, the Lord is always strengthening. In verse, four, in verse 29, it says very specifically, he gives strength to the weary. He increases the power of the weak. 
in verse 10 of 41, I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Not only do we have a God who is always at work, but the beautiful thing about God is that the way he accomplishes his work is through strengthening weakness. By bringing strength, strength to places that are weak, always giving strength to the weary, always increasing power of the weak, always strengthening and helping his people, always upholding his people with righteousness through his mighty right hand. Brothers and sisters, 2017, the key to understanding the Lord's strength is to understand your weakness. The Lord loves getting involved in our weakness. God wants to get involved in your weakness. God wants to get involved in your fear, those things that you just named or you didn't have the courage to name to your neighbor. The Lord wants to enter into that with you. In, in verses 28 through 31, chapter 40 in Isaiah, some form of weakness is declared seven times. We have a God that all we have to do is read the pages of the scripture to see time and time again. He uses the people most unexpected and he brings his power and his strength. The key to the strength of God is to understand our weakness and to bring that. You, you know the scriptures. Kids, you know these stories. You know that David conquered Goliath, much weaker. But God enters that and makes the weak strong. We know that when Jesus was ministering, that the 5,000, well over 5,000 people and a weak and small little boy brings to him just a few fish, a couple pieces of bread, and he makes a weak offering something strong. We know that there's a widow who brings the smallest amount of money, but to her it was everything. And we find out that her offering was the greatest of all. Friends, throughout the scripture, we see that faithfulness to God is that he brings strength to weakness. And he uses the meager weakness of you and I to strengthen that we have a God who is always at work. We have a God who is always strengthening so for 2017, my encouragement to you, to us as a church, is to admit and to confront your weakness and trust that the Lord is in the business of bringing strength to it. This is important for us as individuals. This is really important for us as a church too. So this, this upcoming year, not only is it important to identify where we're weak, where we're fearful, where we need the Lord to be strong in our life, but even corporately as a church, we ought to do that too. We ought to be able to have the hard conversations of looking around and go, what, what kind of people are we not reaching yet? Who are we not loving fully? Where can we do better to live out the mission and the call of Jesus Christ in this church and in this community and in this world? And that as we confront that and we bring that weakness, those blind spots to the Lord, we will see what all of us who have walked with the Lord know, that the Lord is always strengthening. Finally, very connected to all of this. We have a Lord who is always at work. We have a Lord who is always strengthening. And we have a Lord who is always renewing. 
Even youths grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I love this scripture. I don't know what Christmas was like in your home, but a central piece of Christmas in the Madisich home was about Legos. In fact, I'm going to call our homeowner's policy and increase the amount because those are very expensive and we're acquiring more and more. And if something happened, I want the money for the Legos. Now, Legos are big in our family, especially with our eight-year-old. And, and I can tell you, I know Lego, sounds of Lego frustration and anger. I can identify those in my home. I know exactly what's going on. After our son has made a great build, he has followed all the directions, it is finished. If some people have come to our house and dissembled it, or his brother knocked it over accidentally, of course. <laughs> right, here come, here come the screams, and I know the Lego scream. I know, I know exactly what's happening and the frustration that comes with that. And my wife and I have the same response every time something happens to a completed Lego build. And we say, build it again or build something new. Build it again or build something new. See, Legos were not designed to be the same. They weren't designed to hold the one build forever. There's a whole movie about how they're not supposed to do that. Legos are dynamic. Legos allow for different things to happen over and over and over again. And friends, this morning, we have to acknowledge that life on earth can be just like a Lego build. Right? For a moment, just for a moment, it can all look good. It can all look put together. But just like every build in my home will break, what looks good and complete in your life, it will break. What looks good for a moment and put together, it will crumble at some level. It will not remain in the same state for long. Now, I'm not a fortune teller and I'm not a prophet, but I can predict something for each one of us in 2017. And it's this, that unexpected things will happen in our lives. Unexpected things will happen in your life. Unexpected things will happen in our church. And as hard as we might try to control it, life cannot be controlled that way. To use Isaiah 40, we will all grow tired and weary. We will all stumble and fall. But just like with Legos, the Lord is always taking broken pieces the Lord is always taking broken people. Amen? The Lord is always taking broken communities and, and broken systems, and, and, is, and he is about renewing them because we have a Lord who always renews. He will renew our strength. He will allow us to soar. He will allow us to run. He will allow us to walk with endurance. In 2017, Find great encouragement, church, that the Lord is always renewing. And as the unexpected things happen in your life, as the unexpected things happen in our church, that we have a God who takes those broken pieces and makes a masterpiece out of them, and he can be trusted. We have a God 
who is always renewing. And I don't know about you, but my life still needs renewing. Friends, our church, 120 years of God's faithfulness to this church, we still need renewing. And, and pick up the paper. Look outside in our community. This world still needs renewing. There is so much brokenness that exists in my heart. There is so much brokenness that exists in us as a church in this world that we need to be, find great comfort and great encouragement that the Lord is a Lord who renews. So 2017, as we head in this first day, and what a great privilege to be together on the first of the year. So grateful for that old law in Pasadena that never changed. 2017. My prayer for you today is the prayer I have for my family and myself, is that in 2017, that our lives would be marked by a people waiting on the Lord. In, in, in verse 31, the, what, what we read in maybe your Bible, it says, hope, but those who hope in the Lord. A, a, another way of understanding that word, and maybe even a better word, is for those who wait on the Lord. My prayer for Lake this coming year is that we continue to become a people who wait on the Lord. But, but what does it mean to wait? I think oftentimes when we hear the word wait, we think of something like this. We have a picture. We should have a picture. That, I need to lose some weight. Um, there we go. Hey, this, is a, this is a waiting room. So it's such a passive idea. You can leave that up there for a bit. It's this passive idea that we're to wait on the Lord, so we just kind of take a seat, and we just kind of like kill some time, and then hopefully, hopefully, the Lord will, will call us in one day, and it will, something magnificent will happen. And friend, there's an aspect of waiting on the Lord that is contemplative and, and devotional and, and, and poetic and beautiful in that very private sense. But the kind of waiting on the Lord that Isaiah is talking about is not a passive waiting. It's not a just killing time till something else happens, until the tablets come down, until the, the heavens open up. This waiting on the Lord is, is more like an athlete getting ready for a race. I love I loved watching track and field every four years. And, and I'm so glad we only have one service because I'm going to jump around a bit and then I don't have to worry about sweating. I love watching track and field, especially before the 100-meter dash. You see all these athletes and they keep, they keep getting ready and they jump out of the blocks and they're jumping up and down and they're, they're just warming up their body. They're getting ready. Now, the race will start when the, when the sound goes off, but they're kind of waiting for that race as they're not just sitting around in a chair kind of twiddling their thumbs. They're, the kind of waiting that Isaiah is talking about is the kind of waiting that an athlete is doing right before the game, right before the race. It is a waiting that is present in the moment, not passive. It's a waiting that is active. It's not a waiting that is dormant or lazy. It's a waiting that is being, you are preparing for versus being unprepared or not ready. So friends, for us, the prayer of waiting on the Lord is Lake Avenue Church. It's an active waiting. It's a seeking the Lord. It's a getting ready. It's having eyes to see. It's, it's spending time in the word. It's spending time in community. It's spending time serving the Lord. It's active. I pray that 2017 is the most active year of waiting for Lake Avenue Church that, on the books. That together, you and I, that we get ready for what the Lord is doing because remember, it's gonna be tough. 
But those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Part of being human, part of being a sometimes group of people, is that we forget the always-ness of God. Being a sometimes people, we forget the always-ness of God. In fact, we are prone to wander. We're prone to leave the God that we declare that we love and to forget the always nature of God. We need reminders. That's why we gather weekly. That's why we gather more than weekly. That's why we do the things that we do is because we acknowledge that we are sometimes people who serve an always God. And so often we need to be reminded of that gap.